Um, so before we start, I wanted to point out to everyone our new movie poster. Damien, uh, check it out now. Uh, isn't that wonderful? It's our new movie produced by Roger Corman. It's called Run Young Man, fe- featuring <laughs> Robbie the Robot and Kevin Spacey, one of who is not a jester molester, not a joker maloka. I particularly like the young in there. Do you think that's to appeal to a Chinese audience? Are we really? Is this really international? <laughs> I think it's actually quite a clever portmanteau of the two uh, letters, really, because if you look, the uh, you've got a break um, in Yon. the... Uh, in the O, so it's, it could be um, could be understood as both an O and a U. I think it's just clever gra- graphic design. Yeah, thanks for Max Corbel for sending that. How long, Max, did it take you to find a stock image of the YMCA? <laughs> <laughs> or, did, or dare I ask, did you go out and photograph yours and cut out the background? <laughs> Either way, it, thank you, it's lovely. <laughs> it's fucking superb, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm just. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've just. I've seen this for the first time right now, and I'm um, just kind of drinking it in a little bit. Like you can't. Obviously, there's no <laughs> captions or anything. But if Robbie the robot ever said "danger," it's right now. <laughs> oh, right, so I think you're saying it in a different way to me. So, is Robbie the robot in peril here, or is he a tool of Spacey? Oh no, 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 no. He, don't you remember? He's wrestling Spacey. He, he's going to auto destruct in, in a moment's time, but he's. He's wrestling Spacey to buy the young, right. young men right. of that city kamikaze. enough time to evacuate before we drop nuclear ordnance on them. I thought one of them was Tom Hanks right at the back there for a second, but... Uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's great. Well, welcome to the George Rockleschmidt Show. Today we're discussing, or at least that's the, that's the plan, uh, we're discussing Bill and Ted 3 and our ideas for what Bill and Ted 3 could be. <laughs> if... Um, yes. If anyone doesn't know that there is a planned Bill and Ted three, and that is all. Okay. There's no, well, rele- usual, there's no release I, date. They haven't started shooting it. I did not know this as per usual. Um, so I think it's about time I booted up. So you like IMDb when we discussed again. this, you didn't you didn't think for a minute like I should type Bill and Ted three into Google. You didn't even <laughs> fucking do that. <laughs> I just typed in Ted's dead. And I, I like just before we started this podcast, I said to Damien, "When's the last time you saw one?" And he said, "I saw Bogus Journey about a year ago." <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> like I watched both of them just before we started, and I uh, <laughs> I even rewound bits. Oh yes, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you've you know cut a few choice clips um, for things you're going to be talking about and reflecting on, and I'm sure there's a nice, neat stack of papers right in front of you. <laughs> and everything they say, you you nod and say, I think that would be an ecumenical matter. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it would. Um, so what do we think then? Bill and Ted 3, uh, do you think it would happen? Do you think it will happen? You said they, um, they've, they've got something slated, um, but it's, there's no, so I'll say that again, there's no pre-production kind of happening. Is that correct? Uh, there is, but it's it's not, you know, it's not the kind of end of pre. It seems that there's, they've they've got a script and it's great sort of level of pre. It's the level of pre-production where no one knows what the fuck is happening. Right, okay. So it's just like 50 words of treatment on some kind of exec's desk. <laughs> it's like, we would like to do this. <laughs> on a Carluccio's napkin. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a cigarette burn on the Carluccio. other side. <laughs> oh, I could see uh, like Keanu Reeves taking on a pet project like this, like fucking backing most of it. Or, or worse, they kind of like, they pimp it out on Kickstarter or something like that. Now, what if it's Alex Winter and then um, the guy who played Death, uh, William Sadler, and then Keanu Reeves didn't do it, so they're getting Matt LeBlanc. 
<laughs> oh shit! Sorry. Hang on. What? 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 What are you doing? No, I had a fucking pain in my chest. Oh. Because <laughs> when Damien says he's having his morning coffee, he means he's having his morning cup of cocaine. No, but it's uh, it it I have reduced the coffee down quite nicely. It is the better part of a jar. It oh, have you? No, no oh, more than. So we're a talking about this form. now. How many how many spoonfuls of coffee do you put in? Oh well, I would say at least six. I mean, this is very rare. We we're what we're listening to a tangent in process. Do you think <laughs> we can get close to the tangent, or do you think it'll scurry away? Keep with talk like that, you'll scare it off. I think. Well, I had a little sip of Monster the other day by accident, and uh, that stuff should be fucking illegal or mandatory. I don't know which. <laughs> it is something else. Yeah, I'm 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 very surprised that they're uh, they kind of slipped by. Um, well, the F the FDA, I suppose, and the the British equivalent, because uh, that shit is fucking lethal. The FDA and the British equivalent, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just testing stuff. I imagine he's on a beach for some reason. He's on a beach in Wellington boots. He's got a wooden fold up table so he can pack it away at the end of the day, and he's just testing new foods. And it, all it is is like it's a bit too spicy for me. <laughs> He's moved to whatever what what was the name of the town in Georgia? In the stuff. Oh, uh I don't fucking know. <laughs> don't you have that in your stack of papers? No. Well what is it is it a remarkable name? Is it Beaver Town or something? No, no, no. I was just gonna say that you know, the same the same dude is also you know, who's testing monster has been corrupted by the same stuff. He's <laughs> like you go and meet him and like you, you have a nice meeting with him and then you go into his you know, downstairs bathroom, and you hear this clanking as you flush the toilet. And you look in the cistern; it's just full of cans of monster. There's this loose tile above the toilet. Um, he's been hanging out in the uh, cubicles way too long. His colleagues don't know what's going on. I can't um, believe! I can't believe that I tried to steer us away from talking about caffeine, and now I'm just like knee deep in this tangent. Yes. Because yeah, because yeah. now what I want to say is that you can't fucking trust people who drink Monster. I don't mean you can't trust them like they're they're dodgy. It's just they're obviously people who don't have their lives together. Yeah, I mean, I used to drink shit tons of it. Yeah, uh, and now I just cry in the bathroom before work. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's something that um, I think it's just my one of my many prejudices, but I think there's something like, that's incredibly uh, lower class about drinking stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I you don't think you have to say it like that. I think if there are middle class people who need their caffeine fix, whatever, <laughs> they get you know, you know, like a, a seven dollar latte. I d- yeah, I don't think no, I think you're fine saying that. It's a bit like saying, Have you noticed that people who wear links or axe generally quite that they're 17 year old virgins? <laughs> and of course, they are because you know, that's the only fucking deodorant you can buy for one ninety nine. I apparently I used to fucking reek as a teenager, I don't know this, but I. Every time I would visit the family, my oh yeah, oh. my my stench used to offend them on mass. I, I thought I was deodorizing on a regular basis. Oh, me too, not. but I knew it. I cultivated it. <laughs> I lived it was in a like greenhouse. A, was I was like fanning <laughs> my pits regularly to ventilate. It was like a life raft. I kept myself nice and wet all the time to you know really yeah. really encourage the festering. My humidifier was my best friend. My name is George. It means to rat. Oh, it means that, wet rot. Was that his best role or, or or Doc Brown? Well, never mind. What I wanted to say was, um, was yes, I used to stink as well. But I had a friend, Steve, who uh, who said to me that he remembered when he was 15 
and his brother was about 17 or 18 and his brother was like really sweaty and and horrible and Steve like Steve can remember thinking to himself it's amazing when you can remember what you thought rather than what you did or said he remembers thinking to himself oh god I'm glad that's not me and then that's exactly what he turned to. I mean, he was the fucking wettest man I've ever met. <laughs> you could put him down a dry water slide, he'd be fine. <laughs> By his own admission, you know, he was a very sweaty person. Fucking hellfire. He, he was very jittery. Yeah, he stopped... You say jittery. Yeah, go on. Jittery, do you reckon... Was it... Um, do you reckon it was like down to caffeine or was it just some kind of... Well, like a hormone thing? He, he was a bit older than me and he, he'd been around kind of during the... The ecstasy boom of oh, when would that be the early two thousands, and uh, he'd taken a lot of fucking ecstasy uh, in a short amount of time. And although he didn't do drugs anymore, it had definitely fucked him. Right. Okay. So it's just his heart is always on fucking overdrive. It's just know, completely fucked. His nerves were shredded. Yeah, he was very. He was he was intense without like really being an intense person. If you know right, what I mean, okay. he didn't have that sort of personality. But he was he was very wired and. You see, he actually, the thing is, is he behaved in a, in a quite relaxed way. You know, he'd, he'd, you know, he'd be very chilled out. He never got mad at people or anything. He, you know, wasn't kind of like always needing to work or always needing to do anything. He was pretty normal, but it was, it was normalcy, like with a veneer of kind of like, oh, oh, coffee now. Oh, hello. Good morning. I'm Steve. Yeah, I understand. I, I mean, I, I work with a shit heel like that and he's like, no, he's nice. Fastest. Steve's nice. Oh, the guy I'm talking about isn't. He's the fattest, laziest fuck, but he he just fucked. He, speed is like his thing, and he all, always fucking champions it, right? And it's just like, dude, why, why on earth are you telling us? Um, and there are days where he's like pretty much catatonic. He can't fucking do anything, but the rest of the time, like, you can see him just grinding his teeth down to the tiniest little fucking chiclets. Oh, God. Oh, I hate when you use that word, chiclets. <laughs> it makes me think of Michael Chiclets, if Michael Chiclets was just. Uh, not a grain, but a, a single unit of corn, a kernel of corn. <laughs> I think of Michael Chiklis like that, and I don't want to because I think he's a good actor. But pff, you got me thinking about it now, Damien. You've ruined sure Michael quick... Chiklis for me again. Next, I you're going to fucking ruin Walton Goggins. Stop it. <laughs> I'm sure a preliminary Google search will uh, find a nice mock-up of uh, Chiklis for you. <laughs> Stop <laughs> saying Chiklis. <laughs> it is a peculiar name. It's fun to say. So obviously we talked about coffee, which led us naturally to drugs, which leads us back to Bill and Ted, um, because Bill and Ted has no, no reference to them smoking pot or anything. I wanted to ask you: is it is it a given that they are stoners, but they, you know, the the studio or whatever, you know, obviously didn't want to show them smoking weed? I, I yeah, it's yeah. I'd say pretty much a given because they are just kind of two deadbeat losers with their garage garage band, just kind of well. And they're very, they're very stupid. Yeah, they're very kind of like, uh, what would you call? Them? I would call them airheads. Uh, Most egregious. Yeah, they're uh, very, very floaty. Though. Yeah, they're airheads, but also, I mean, they're they're almost incapable. I mean, if yes. if that was their actual intellect, I mean, they they would need assistance. Yeah, Ruf I always Rufus. See okay, all right. <laughs> a strange old man. Rufus is just a carer. <laughs> it's just the way they so see Bill it. and Ted 3 is uh, you see the, the previous movies were in fact some kind of like fever dream or something like that and they, these two have both been like um, hospitalized hospital fucking hell hospitalized Hosp- many years hospitalized. ago hospitalized 
Uh, Bill and Ted are the same person. Uh, the same, <laughs> he has split personality, but they, it, unfortunately, both personalities are very similar. So it's very hard to, you know, make a distinction between the two. Yeah, and uh, for the carriers that have to interact with them, they have to n- they have to nail who they're speaking to and refer to them justly each time. Yes. If they don't, yes, Bill. The- yes, <laughs> Ted. Yes, Bill. Good. Got it. If they get it wrong, they start wailing like they're shit house nuts. Right? They have to like restrain <laughs> yeah. them. They have, they have to, to immediately sedate them. <laughs> 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 Very <laughs> Yes, very reasonable until you say the wrong word to them, until you call them Bill when they think they're Ted. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is the limit. I mean, you can, apparently you can scream fag at them as, as per the movie. Um, they, they've got no problem with that word. But uh, No, I think they've got no problem with that word if they're calling it to each other. <laughs> yeah, I think it's actually only fairly recently that fag has become completely unacceptable. Like you, you couldn't. You could. What I mean is, is you could not write that in this sort of film now, and it wouldn't be like the studio told not, told you not to write that. People writing that Bill and Ted sort of stuff now would never think about writing fag into a script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like I you, would, any... you would write it if you were making a point or something. I think now it'd be well, yeah. Def- it wouldn't be a comedy, would it? I'd, it'd be some kind of like thick drama. It would or it, a, it would be on a, a sitcom watch. sort of thing, and it would it would be a. Uh, it would be some an character's issue. arc. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it would be an issue. It wouldn't just be a throwaway thing. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not I, criticizing I, I, it for it. No, no, no. It, it is, so it, I always find it interesting when you come across uh, certain mo- movies, um, I would say older movies, and you hear them bandying around the word retarded um, in quite a, in a comic way. And it's, and it's just kind of like thrown away. Um, yeah, well, um, um, in Friends, uh, the first season, they say that. Oh no! Oh no! No, sorry, I'm wrong. She, um, Rachel, doesn't say that. She, I think she says "spaz." Right. Okay. But still, I, that's pretty on the on the on the nose. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you definitely don't hear you don't don't hear people say that now, do you? No, not at all. Don't hear don't hear she, uh, Sheldon from uh, the Big Bang Theory going in going into a, a normal shop, speaking to a normal person, irritating them, and the person saying, "Would you get out my fucking shop, shop you spastic?" <laughs> Remove yourself every- from my shop, you spastic. Which is everything that show should have been. It should be Sheldon like trapped in like nineteen seventies England or something like that, and they're just chasing him down the street wherever he goes. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's, it's only like twelve-year-olds that are after him. Like the adults just don't bother. The adults are trying to go either get him down the. Uh, down the coal mines or kind of get him put into asylum or something like that. It's really not fun. I suppose, you know, if that, show, if that show was going to be a bit more realistic, it wouldn't be that. It would just be Sheldon living a very lonely life because no one can fucking stand to be around him. <laughs> Ten season run. <laughs> Probably not. They're up to like 11 or 12 now, aren't they? The one yeah. where Sheldon sadly waters his plants on his windowsill. <laughs> so each season is like a day of the life. It's just one <laughs> all other he does all banal day. task. <laughs> the one where Sheldon dismantles his television and cleans the insides of it. <laughs> he collects old cathode rays. You the see, one- and he's changing the uh, cathode ray TVs, and he's changing the valves in it. 
slowly but sure. It's the James May show that we watched. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That, that, let's not. Oh, that's taking me into a fucking time hole right there. Oh, that's a... Oh, should we just... No, it's not worth mentioning that, is it? Have you ever seen Michael Portillo riding trains? There's like 300 <laughs> episodes that a TV of that. Is show or is that just like a thing to see? Have you ever seen him? Oh. <laughs> oh, um... Oh, once I was on the tube with someone, you know who, and uh, Alan Johnson walked on. If you don't know who Alan Johnson is, tell tell everyone who Alan Johnson is, Damien. Me? Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. I don't know who Alan Johnson is. He's the ex-home secretary. Uh, so if you if you're an American, that's basically the Secretary of Defense, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Is that right? That's fucking yeah. unbelievable. You would never get the American Secretary Secretary of Defense walking around in London, would you? No, I don't suppose you would, let alone on something like the tube. On the tube. So yeah, so the, he's he's the ex, he's the ex Home Secretary, and he he's he's an important part in, um, in the Labour political sphere. And he got on the tube, and my friend said to me, "Oh, it's Alan Johnson. I like him. Shame about what his wife did." And <laughs> he's he, like and he, sat right next to him. No, <laughs> yeah, he fucking heard it. He heard it as he walked in. He looked really embarrassed. His wife had just had an affair. Oh, what a tool. <laughs> Alan Johnson came and sat in the chairs directly opposite and stared the fucker down. He started stropping a flick knife in front of us. <laughs> he had this lovely gilded butterfly knife and he's just playing with it back and forth. Not performing any tricks, just slowly opening it and turning it around. <laughs> oh, dear. We, had to, we had to leave very quickly. Can't, but that's that's as close to famous as ever, as I've ever gotten. I don't think I've ever met a famous person. Have you? Uh, oh, I met the Pope. Well, apart from him, I believe I've I've, I've shaken the was it the the Archbishop of London's hand when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Some, some How is Terry? <laughs> Why did you do that? Did you did you save his skateboard from something? <laughs> like he left his skateboard outside of the cafe he was going in, and you were like, "Don't forget your skateboard, Archbishop." I don't know what it was. Um, it was some kind of school performance, right? Uh, oh, no. Like schools in the district. So there was like th- five or six schools um, and we're at St. Paul's Cathedral and we had to do plays there. Uh-huh. And you were you were in a play. That makes me cringe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in, I was in loads of plays in school. I used to love that shit. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. That, that's, that's just incredibly incongruent with who you are now, isn't it? Oh, I know, it's nuts. And there was one, I used to really go for it, right? I used to really... I remember once I was a cow in a, a nativity play, right? And I, I would just... I, 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 I can't like, remember... Even though, even though your line was moo, you somehow walked into, moo, help me, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> I mean, I, I think so, because uh, I was told to kind of tone it the fuck down, <laughs> like, the next night. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You were a cow, and you were told to tone it down. Oh yeah, I think I was just. You're being too cowy now. Yeah, I was. Th- oh. Fuck off! I mean, I'm sorry. I just heard that. Thank you very much. No, is that Ooh. how you did it? I think I just belted it out at the top of my voice, like really screamed. No! <laughs> <laughs> like it was. It was, like much, I was much kicking more of an order than a move. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was convinced that this that this thing was revolving around me a little bit. You were 32. <laughs> I should have known better, but I still got my parents. 
my parents to watch. They were very disappointed. I was never in any school plays or anything. I always thought, as a, even as a kid, I always thought like, shit, derivative, bullshit. I can run better than this. The director, director don't know shit. Oh, oh dear. Some, like my gong. Do you like that? I did. I like that very much. Chinatown. I like the, he's... <laughs> What's that called? That that scale. Um, I think what you took uh, the actual scale itself. I think is pentatonic, but I think they, I think that thing is called chopsticks. Maybe. That's, that's yeah. No, chopsticks is something else. I think I'm. Uh, if anyone, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um. Yeah, what, what the yeah fuck? if, if anyone wants know. to get in touch with Damien, then why not find him on Twitter? Because he goes there all the time. Yeah, here is his personal email address. And for one lucky listener, we'll give his personal phone number. Kevin Spacey at kevinspacey.com. Or would it be kevin at spacey.com? Or would it be administrator at kevinspacey.com? I'd definitely say administrator. He'd have to be, you know, he'd have to have a, co- a kind of dominant role. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I can't speak. I can't speak without speaking. Like, <sighs> yes. Oh, we're gonna have to. Talk, we're gonna have to talk about Bill and Ted at some point. Where, 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 where did we get to? Where did we get to? I'll try that again. All right. Okay. Uh, we were talking about the drugs of the, the many drugs of Bill and Ted. The many assumed drugs of Bill and Ted. Um, I was just asking if you. I was just asking about fifteen minutes ago or something. If you think that a remake, or not a remake, if you think a sequel. I was just asking about fifteen minutes ago if you think that a sequel is a good idea. Oh, I don't think so. No. Um, okay, that's the end of that. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, I will. Yeah, uh, you should know by now. You can ask me many questions, but I will never expand on them. Um, well, I think. Uh, well, okay. Th- a but lot I- of like franchises are kind of being uh, have been. Have, a lot of franchises are trying to be uh, are trying to undergo like res- resurgences and stuff like that, and so far that uh, I don't think there have been many successful ones. Really. Yeah, they've not been good. Yeah, exactly, and I, I, I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but I think it's not going to be something that's uh, particularly beloved by the original fans, and I think, I, you know, any new fans, um, I think modern audiences will kind of be a little bit kind of baffled by it, really. Well, but, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I agree. What you're saying about modern audiences makes me think about um, the fact that Bill and Ted were written to be, they were written to be kind of geeky originally. They were written to be kids that the, don't, the cool kids don't like. But then when they cast Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, they rewrote them so they were a bit cooler. Cooler. And um, I think that there's no way that a 40 or 50-year-old Bill and Ted are going to be cool. You know? Oh, absolutely not. I, I have this horrible um, kind of inkling that it will be their kids, right? <gasps> It'll be. Oh, God, I didn't think about that. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 that's kind of like the first place my mind went. It was going to be... And Bill's Bill's kid is called Ted Junior, and Ted's kid is called Bill Junior. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm I, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, that's how they'll call it, Bill and Ted, right? And I'm, that'll be at least twenty minutes of fucking material throughout the movie. And really cringy. Bill and Ted's babies. <laughs> cool. Yes, Bill and Ted babies. That's what it's going to be. Oh no! <laughs> Is it worse with the with the possessive or not? Bill and Ted's no, babies or Bill and Ted babies? 
Bill and Ted babies, I think. Because, oh, just, I can't, now I'm thinking of George Carlin. Oh, no. And we've got George Carlin babies. Oh, no, it's just a baby's body with George Carlin's head. And again, we're going back to Adam Sandler. <laughs> did we oh. talk about that on the on the show, or was that just we did talk that off about mic? that? We did talk right, about okay. that on the show. Yeah, yes, yes, it was it off mic. I know because all all the podcast is is just a ninety minute recording of a normal conversation now. Yes, yeah, yeah. wonderful um, for these people sticking uh, sticking with it for as long as they have. Oh, it's just bots. <laughs> I'm just doing I'm just doing this for my four thousand hours. Um, so I I was kind of thinking of. Um, of yes, Bill and Ted as middle-aged men, wouldn't that be fun? Um, I think before I want to get into the ideas, I came up with uh, some names for the next Bill and Ted film because I quite like the names. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the titles have to con- continue in that sort of vein. So the first the first word is either good or unreal because I think they mean bogus as in like, whoa, bogus, like it's cool. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second word is journey. So I was thinking, um, Bill and Ted, righteous marathon. <laughs> uh, Bill and Ted's pseudo tomfoolery. That's in okay. case we want to go with bogus, you know, kind of meaning like, ah, not real. Oop. All right, okay. That's in case yeah, we yeah, want to yeah. go with bogus being not real. Uh, and then, well, can uh, I suggest my- maybe, maybe nebulous if you're kind of going that route as well? <laughs> <laughs> nebulous expedition. Nebulous Expedition. Uh huh. Um, or how about uh, Bill and Ted's Proper Exodus? <laughs> uh, but look, we're still trying to connect to a youth audience, so we spell it with an A on the end, right? So it's proper, but not proper. Proper. And, proper. and uh, the O has an umlaut above it. <laughs> proper. <laughs> or is that Prowper? Proper. <laughs> Um, and my, my own favourite at the end is uh, Bill and Ted Bodacious Larks. <laughs> um, all right, so do you want me to go through my ideas? I know you don't have any, so... Yeah, let's, get, let's do it. All right. Uh, Bill, Ted and Death are sent to the end of time to make sure all the orders are right at the restaurant at the end of the universe. I thought it would be funny if they're working in a kitchen... And there's all like weird aliens and stuff. For some reason, I imagine that, that a lot of the a lot of the new one would end up in the future. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I I think so. I think that they've got the uh, not only got the budget to do that. I don't think they'd be able to fucking resist any excuse to put lasers in there. Oh yeah, I think well, um, dear well, lasers. The, the f- oh yeah, the first movie was set predominantly in the past. Now as they're traveling through, and then the second movie. Uh, well, a lot, yeah, a lot of the second one is in the present, um, but a lot of the second one is also in a future where everyone wears weird polystyrene shoulder guards. I thought that was only kind of some of the, the setup at the beginning. They go go back and forth. It is some of the, the setup at the beginning, but it's kind of more than I think there should be. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's got twice as much much budget, but it looks much cheaper in those places. Right. Okay. Well, I think loads, yeah, anything that's trying to do a mock-up of the future is always in danger of looking really naff and cheap, no matter how much money they pump into it. Well, I don't know. I agree, but I think I think there are some things that still work. Alphaville is still very good. That's a lot of a contemporary city that's just filmed differently. I don't know. I think Blade Runner, the first one, holds up, even though, you know, some of the effects you can kind of see, oh, that's not a modern effect, but I don't know. 
I don't, right, I don't think necessarily. Right, point. I'll, 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 uh... But I, I know what you mean. I think if if you're going to do something, um, uh, sci, you know, sci-fi, it's very easy to make it look cheap. It's it's the same as when you use CGI, isn't it? You know, some CGI does hold up, but a lot of it ages very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. But I think I'm kind of looking a little bit too much into Bill and Ted. I think you know that was definitely part of the appeal—the fucking stupid shoulder pads and sunglasses and stuff. I just think that they look too cheap. They, it's not, not a question of kind of, oh, they don't look like they're actually made of metal or something like that. It's just they look like the, they'd run out of money. Right, okay. Fair enough. And what, they needed to look like it was armor plating. I don't, I don't mean they, it, you know, it had to look like that, but I, it had to look like it wasn't some sort of pool toy. <laughs> they travel to the future and like, as soon as they get there, everyone is geared for war and Bill and Ted have no fucking clue what's going on. It just looks like someone might have said, Oh, okay. We're going to scrap the leggings for George Carlin because all we had to had to make them out of was fucking pool noodles. <laughs> yeah, that's where they should have done the crossover: Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, with um, Christopher Lloyd as Fester from the Adams Family. But he's traveling through when they're in the, like their their time stream. They see the DeLorean there, right? Is that is that, is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Obviously, Damon, don't be so fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. No, it's that fucking Mini Cooper. Of course, it's that DeLorean. <laughs> a nice Lambo. Yeah, because it's, we it's, g- it's an Audi A4, and they keep on going on about how safe it is. <laughs> oh wow, it's got side airbags. <laughs> okay, so I have another idea. Um, Bill and Ted interfere with Anschluss, or some some other historically important event. Um, because they're, they're buffoons and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, I often kind of thought, oh, I mean, obviously not really, but did none of these historical <laughs> figures that they kidnapped from the first one, did none of them go back and say, I saw things you wouldn't believe? Oh, they, they, they were never returned. Is it? <laughs> Lincoln's famous, famous address, you know, the famous attack ships on fire address. <laughs> so Bill and Ted 3 is, is time, Bill and Ted 3, time jail. Right, wouldn't it be great if? <laughs> so right, jail. Bill and Ted, and got that's their the crossover with Ghostbusters because the the time jail is also the ghost jail. <laughs> I think so. Um, so like, I I reckon Bill and Ted three right. We've got a middle aged Bill and Ted right. They didn't their dreams of um, being rock stars didn't pan out right, and um, turns out all that shit with Rufus is just fever dreams. But never, <clears throat> oh, no, not, they not do have dreams. access to a time machine. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not fever dreams. It's just him blowing smoke up their asses. But they, yeah, they nevertheless have this time machine. Um, and what they've resolved to do is, uh, is a sort of power play is to simply abduct these powerful figures in history. Um, and what we we find them in their middle age, and they're essentially wardens of this jail, right? And it's a it's a prison drama in and amongst uh, the inmates, I think. And, and and basically, Bill and Ted are hardly seen. It's all about the factions the prison, prisoners have divided themselves into and how these factions are going to control the drug supply. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't actually see Bill and Ted um, in the movie almost at all, except for maybe towards the end. Um, all you, you see, there's loads of hearsay um, and like some crude, crude drawings on some of the uh, cell walls and stuff like that. But that's it. Very enigmatic. Um, okay, well, this kind of leads me on to this idea, which is Bill and Ted are middle-aged prophets who rule the world through a music-based cult, 
Everyone has agreed that their philosophy is the best, and the film is them just stamping out the last pockets of resistance around the Gulf of Aden with love mortars and party squads. Because <laughs> it kind of pro- is a bit. It is a bit like that, isn't it? At the end, it, I, I would suppose. Yeah, it is a little bit. It's um, a bit. You know, it's you, and everyone's together, and you kind of think, oh, I don't know. Yeah, the, any kind of future where um, everyone's united under one kind of ideal is always it's, it's always it's, under it's, a fucking iron fist isn't yeah, it yeah i mean it's usually that comes at the beginning of the story and that's what they've got to overcome yes yeah <laughs> all right yeah, so we're saying bill and ted 3 logan's run <laughs> or, or you know you have that you have this bit where rufus says and everyone decided that it was better to live together i mean once we convinced the middle east <laughs> <laughs> and that's when it comes up on this sweeping this sweeping shot of a broken landscape to bomb And it was the wrong Bill and Ted, you know, the Joss Ockland Bill and Ted's. <laughs> so we got, yeah, Joss, Joss Ackland to kind of double as both those roles. Is that right? <laughs> what, what or, you... or Joss Ackland is the guy in the in the hospital with the split personality who thinks he's Bill and Ted. <laughs> well, they never explain what Joss Ackland's, uh, you know, ideology is. Right. In the second one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Right, and and um, is you know it's kind of made out that he's a totalitarian or something, but I don't understand how how you know six hundred years into the future or however long it is, how Joss Auckland could have been born without just feeling the love of Bill and Ted, and <laughs> maybe their philosophy isn't perfect if there are heretics. So when they travel to the future, they 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 um, expose as false false prophets, and it's them essentially trying to escape execution. Again, with the Logan Run thing, yeah. Okay. And there's a Jenny Agata of every era. Young Jenny Agata, <laughs> middle-aged Jenny Agata, old Jenny Agata. It's a time thing. We can do that. Any any excuse to CGI in a young Jenny Agata. I, I, would, I would agree, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what other kind of obscure English actors can we throw in there? Simon Jones. Simon Jones? Yeah, you don't even know who that is, do you? I do. He's the, he's the guy from Hitchhikers, is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fucking amazing. That's amazing that you remember that. Oh, dear. And who have you got? Um, I've got Nigel Green. That's <laughs> <As> Hercules. <laughs> fat Hercules, okay. <laughs> he wasn't fat. No, don't say that. Well, Body can shaming. We... <laughs> can we not write it in that he's fat then this time round? <laughs> <laughs> so Bill and Ted go through time dispelling a lot of myths and legends and stuff like that. And one well, of well, the first and most notable <laughs> Napoleon is that Hercules wasn't is that short. <laughs> so He's like seven foot. <laughs> <laughs> like Napoleon uh, suffers from gigantism. He barely lived till twenty to twenty-five. He achieved so much. It in was that just time. propaganda. The, the the victors write history, don't you know? <laughs> chastised and ostracised his whole life for his condition. He always dreamed of being short. Yeah, and you know who I'm thinking of could also be as well. Jack Davenport. He could play Simon Jones's son. Okay. Um, couldn't, couldn't he? Don't they look the same? I'll have, I'm going to say yes while I type in. Yes, you say fucking do. 
Yes, of course they fucking do. Yes, they fucking do. Rah! It it should be Bill and Ted three, and you think it's going to be just a continuation, but it's about the actors. It's about Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves obviously has this very successful career. He's very famous. You know, he's he's been in the Matrix movies. He's uh, he's John Wicklow and everything. Uh, everything's <laughs> rocking rocking and rolling for him. He, and he's he's getting married to uh, to a young lovely or whatever, and he's he's out in the med. And uh, you know he's on holiday, one of his famous fun holidays. Everyone wants to go on holiday with Keanu. He hasn't seen his old buddy, buddy Alex for a long time, and Alex Winter is all like, "Oh, oh, I hate him, but I love him, and I want to be him." It's all very confusing for Alex Winter. And then they go on a rowboat together. They get to a massive fight. Alex Winter slaps him around the face with an oar, and then he has to pretend to be Keanu Reeves for the rest of his life. <laughs> He, I mean, at this point, he's already he, he's happy with his obs- he's made peace with his ob- obscurity. He knows that he can simply vanish and no one will question it. But no one anyone, will question it. But anyone misses Keanu, that's it. He's fucking done. That's right. He he looks in the mirror, at, you know, and he thinks, oh, actually, I do quite look like Keanu. I'm just going to dye my hair, and he does that, and he gets away with it. It's fine as long as you know he doesn't have to have to go home to meet Keanu's parents or whatever. I think Keanu's an orphan, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> That's lucky for us. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's dead, so he doesn't have to kill him. <laughs> because it was a prerequisite to get to Keanu. We could call it the talented Bill and Ted. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, well, I, think we, I think we're good to abstain from that. But I think that's what <laughs> we're going to do for the next 20 minutes. Me and Damien, we're going to do a riff track of... <laughs> of John Wick, of anything, of anything Keanu Reeves has been in, uh, and really dedicate ourselves to making a high-quality audio of just us going, whoa, at the right time. It will be unbearable. But then, but, uh, every, we can every assure time you the production value will be uh, Every will time be we think notch. about this, it always ends up with us going, Jinks! 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 Where did that come from? I believe that was Pokemon, no? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that Pokemon didn't go into a microphone. No, I was about to ask how long have we been doing that, but it, um, who knows at this point? Probably <laughs> about the better 20 part minutes. of a decade. <laughs> I was going to say the better part of a decade. Uh, no, I think it started with the Boisterous Brothers. Okay. <laughs> I think you'll find. I think it started with, what was that podcast we did called? The Boundary Lads. <laughs> <laughs> the Boundary Lads in Bodacious Locks. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go back to the Bodacious Locks. <laughs> See, George and David, self-crabs. I think the first one missed a fucking trick when it got Joan of Arc. It shouldn't have got Joan of Arc. It should have got Boudicca or Boudicca. <laughs> so they could have been like, Boudicca, Bodacious. It's <laughs> <laughs> so obvious. Something that they can't overcome, though, in the, in the, in the script. Um, and they just what, what, what about if they got to their... If they got to the... I don't know. This isn't Bill and Ted Three. This is just what about if they got to? What about if they got to their history report and they realised, yeah, they've got Soc- Socrates. Yeah, they've got him. They've got Billy the Kid. Cringe. Yeah, they've got Napoleon, but they've also got like five or six Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> not like major players, but they were. They were. Just, no, they're not major players, but they're significant soldiers. enough to like. Yeah. No, 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 no. They're, they're senior officers. They're not. They're not up there. They're not part of like high command or anything. But you know. 
Yeah, yeah. Officer yeah. class, you know. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Oberstutland sort of thing, yeah. I mean, they, they, <laughs> sort, of, sort of people who, had, who would have a good chance to get a bullet from the Russians if they got caught. Uh, they don't kind of advocate it by any stretch, but they're just saying, you know, here are some Nazis. Here are some Nazis. What do you think about San Dimas? And the Nazis are like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> As they just kind of slowly kind of do a, a recce inside their head looking around. Well, I, I did often think that it would have been, it would have, I think, I don't, I like, I genuinely don't think it would have been out of place. I think in many ways it would have given the film just a little fucking edge if you'd have just had like 10 seconds of, not in an exaggerated way, but if you kind of hint that, you know, all these historical figures are looking around San Dimas and Abraham Lincoln is fucking appalled. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this is very tender, very slight tender moment towards the end of the movie where he just kind of doffs his hat. And it's not, it's not a look of complete revulsion or anything like that. Not, nothing so on the nose. It's just you can just see the slightest twinge of disappointment. Yeah, he he realizes. Yes, he realizes that. Oh fuck! Everything he oh, sought fuck. to attain, it's not quite what he thought it would be. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I heard that they do want death involved again. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing I really like about Bill and Ted, uh, it is a series I do like, but the one thing I really like about it is its sets. Um, you know, the first one they used. Um, that castle, when they go back to the medieval times, that castle's a castle in Italy. They used all these great locations, and I thought in the second one, where they go to hell and they go and see death, I thought those locations, all that you know, those sets were really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, I, yeah, I, I agree. The whole thing about the Energizer Bunny, I thought was really funny and, and genuinely creepy. Uh, I really like the I really like the set when Bill imagines what it would be like to be at military school. You know, and it's just these en- endless road, uh, endless rows of bunk beds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I kind of thought that, you know, uh, what I'm saying, th- Damien, is we need a, we need a lot of sets. Come up with something with a lot of sets. Go. Well, Two seconds. Uh... Submarine. No. Uh... <laughs> Nuclear bunker. <laughs> Nuclear bunker. <laughs> uh, t- Bill and Ted trapped in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> It's like buried, but there's there's no threat. They've just got to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they just get really stoned and end up trapped in some wall somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, well, they're having work. They, they live together. Because they have to <laughs> support having, each other. They live together like Eric and Ernie. Like they they go to bed together in pajamas. <laughs> well, they have to support each other. They never like they can never carve out a living for them a proper living for themselves uh, to live independently. So they kind of they've been living kind of codependent of each other. Um, but they're having work done on their house remarkably and right they get their cat like locked. bill really wanted a new kitchen yeah 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 oh, no 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 it's got to be some kind of like damages we'll say just for for argument's sake there was some kind of a small fire right it's destroyed like um it's just destroyed a lot of, like uh, they had some like cheap kind of drywall in a lot, a lot of it so they have to get all that replaced they lose their cat right what? In, can you come up with anything more interesting than they had some sort of fire it can't just be a fire that is too boring it has to be like they were trying to invent uh, a rocket to beat to beat the Pink Floyd finale at some festival they think they're going to, but they're really playing like stage L. They they they're trying to make a rocket and they blow up their garage or something. 
Okay, fair enough. All right. So something really, really, really elaborate that takes a swall out, right? But like, nevertheless, I think, I think it is just like they they basically destroy their entire house because they inflate an enormous blow up pig inside. <laughs> but they like haven't it, come up with anything original. They're just like, oh, Pink Floyd did it. We'll just do one, but make like an inflatable pig that's four times as big. Yeah, but they're just in the living room. The movie opens with Alex Winter in a wheelchair because all of his ribs were crushed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this thing was like the fucking Hindenburg. They had to get the fucking Air Force in to shoot it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like full of helium. <laughs> oh fuck yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Alex Winter's there and he's got his ribs broken, but like Ted's still on the top of it. Ted's riding <laughs> yeah, it like it's a bomb. No, he's it's just going up. Yeah. <laughs> That's the movie. The movie is how does Bill get Ted off this enormous inflatable pig that's like just just climbing higher and higher. It's like eight miles high now. <laughs> oh no, I think it's just like it's just the character piece. It's just Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves on a balloon. <laughs> It's acclimating himself to the notion of his impending death. <laughs> I mean, eventually it's going to reach the stratosphere. <laughs> yeah, he's found sustenance, right? He's drawing it out. But eventually this balloon is going to reach like the outer atmosphere and will burst. <laughs> and he will promptly plummet to Earth. There is no way out. No, because the, the, the telephone box is a, a teleporter as well. Just teleport beside him and or teleport on the pig. And get him on board. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, that could be I kind Bill of and Ted that Three. It's a pig B- for Bill a second. Bill and Ted Three is about how they become millionaires by like being elite couriers, and all they do is like get fifteen thousand dollars from people who've left their passport in a different country, and they go and teleport to their house, get their passport, and bring it back. And like no one knows how they do it, but it's just like yeah, if you if you've left something somewhere, you need it brought. They can do it in about two minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, but you know, that's—I mean—that's the initial setup. But we find out as the uh, as the story progresses that um, people are, are in fact leaving their passports behind. It's that these two—that's—that's um, that's right. They're, set they're up just a teleporting from—they're just teleporting from like somewhere in North America to like some some resistance cell in Syria, and they're just like they're bringing like like fifteen fifteen to seventeen hundred telephone boxes worth of small of small arms every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're just feeding so, the front line with 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 guns and ammo. Okay, so they're slowly kind of trying to install themselves as the uh, the men behind the warlords, as, as it were. So this is like the first step in that. Um, it, they're, they're basically their, they're they're just kind of white man men, but their van can teleport. Okay, I like that. Um, I I quite like the the idea of their their racket with the passports. Um, but they it's an inexact science, right? So they 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 just beam in and out of places looking for you know, val- valuable items that, that, you know, they could use to kind of extort people with. Um, but they don't know where they're going, you know, they just kind of punch it in. And I think that could be like, uh, that can be how they get into lots of kind of comical hijinks, beaming into places they didn't really want to go. If you had a teleporter, where would you go? I mean, what? Um... Okay, if you had a time machine, where would you go? Hmm. Oh, just pick a time. Uh, fucking 50 years Yesterday. 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 Yesterday, why? Oh, fuck. You could at least win the lottery, couldn't you? I suppose so. Um, a few a few dozen times, maybe. 
I don't know. I, I, I can't see I can't see how you would not use it for profit. Okay, I'd be so too scared to go back to any any significant time because I'd be I'd be scared of like fucking things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if easy. I went I went to last week and and you know won the lottery, I'm I'm only fucking up the future, not my future. I mean, not the present. I mean, you know what I mean. But you do it, you know, um, habitually. Um, oh yeah, no, I become the world's richest man. Yeah, and really the decimate man. the the British economy first. I uh, I start to buy all the fucking corned beef, and then people don't know what to eat at dinner, and then they they don't have enough energy to work the next day. That's how you do it, lads. <laughs> uh, no, no. The way to decimate the British economy is to is to cut that internet pipe that is apparently in the sea that Russia might cut with a submarine that's got a circular saw attached to it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then everyone in Britain will be like, "Oh, fucking boring. No internet. Boring. Ah." <laughs> oh. Bored, bored. Ah, oh, death. Yes. Because <laughs> that's naturally the only, the only recourse in such a situation. I don't know. Can you imagine if you did turn the internet off? I, I think people would be like zombies. You'd be holed up in supermarkets, fighting off hordes of people who think that there's, there's internet inside. <laughs> I reckon people would think it would be some kind of uh, Armageddon type uh, situation. I mean, if the, the internet kind of collapsed, they would think that. I think people would probably think that uh, you know government was collapsing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would think that as well. I think if the internet suddenly stopped and the only thing you could do was listen to your wireless or, God forbid, watch TV, you'd think there'd be in a fucking coup. <laughs> Especially if you had people like people who came came out of uh, of helicopters, walked up to microphones, and said things like. Everything's fine. There's just no internet. Don't worry about it. Continue with your life. There's just no internet. Seriously. Oh and God. You, you promptly dust off the metal baseball that you've got underneath your um, underneath your bed. Run to the supermarket and just start braining people left, right. Just and start killing. I don't. Well, need I mean, you don't care about the fucking beans or anything no. like that. I've just. I've been waiting for this moment. I've been this primed is, and ready. This is what the training was for. This is what it is. This is PUBG in action. This is this is happening. This is it. This is now. <laughs> ah! So yeah, so you get you you would collapse the British economy um, with uh, a time machine, and then pro- then kind of pursue your life as potentially a cannibal. Is that what you're saying? I think that I, as soon as anything like that happens, one of the first things I'll do is make sure I eat human meat uh, because I could die at any time, and I'd be disappointed if I was to be killed having not tried human flesh. Particularly in that scenario where you know you could you could. In no fucking night. internet. Better start eating people. <laughs> oh, I think one, yeah. <laughs> Bill and Ted Three. Yeah. George has no internet. <laughs> George and Robot decide oh. decide they will make their own internet out of death or something. And I can can come up with a dramatic word. So if um you had this idea that um Alex Winters will wear Keanu Reeves's flesh um in in the hopes of... Oh, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't say that, but the reason you're saying that is because you, you're you remembering my idea for... when we when, Before we started this podcast, I said we could do an episode about Short Circuit. And my idea for an episode... And you said this, you said this wouldn't run. You said, you said it would be insane to think that anyone would want to listen to a podcast where I talk about Johnny Five becomes really interested in more input. He really needs more input. Not just interested, he becomes obsessed. And he decides that one of the best ways to get input is to become a phenomenal journalist, world-class 
journalist, so he wears the skin of George Stephanopoulos, and the film is just about Johnny Five pretending to be George Stephanopoulos, and there's a there's a really dramatic moment where you you know the audience knows that the wife knows that Johnny Five isn't George Stephanopoulos, but you don't know if Johnny Five knows that the wife knows that Johnny Five isn't George Stephanopoulos, and you don't know if Johnny Five has just been creepy or he's going to kill her before right. she gets to the phone. <laughs> now. Is this kind of like first act kind of thing, or, or is this? No, I, I see this is about 45 minute mark. All oh, right, okay, okay. So, okay, in the right in the thick of it. Okay, yeah. Is this going to be his trial from now on, or is this just uh, kind of like some kind of like comic? You well, said it was dramatic. It's a kind of half happenstance um, of. Uh, what What are you asking me? What is the question? So, is it about the murder of? Uh, George Stephanopoulos' wife at the hands of Johnny Five. No, 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 or is no, no, that no, just no. like an it's, it's about John, it's about Johnny Five murdering George Stephanopoulos and taking over his life, um, right? Right, and his, his wife uh, doesn't realize at first that it is Johnny Five in his skin, but then she she cottons on eventually, and then you don't know if he's going to kill her or not. But he doesn't kill her. Spoilers: he doesn't kill her. He like it's a real film. He doesn't kill her. He convinces her that she's crazy and she ends up taking loads of medication and just being just being like a kind of wife who's like, yes, dear. And she just follows him about as he becomes more and more successful. And she's just like, well, he's not hurting me. He's not hurting the kids. He's providing for me. I think he's creepy as fuck, but I'm, du- I'm up on drugs all the time. So it's OK. Right, and it okay. ends with like George Stephanopoulos, like running for, for governor of New York or running for the Senate, or something like that. And everyone around him is completely fooled, except maybe someone who's like a very minor character, and that'll play a role in the sequel. Right, okay. But it ends, it ends with him making like an inaugural redress. You know, he's won, the, he's won the governorship, and everyone's applauding him, and it just kind of, you know, zooms into his colder eyes. Because obviously, it, it, we can see, it's just short circuit. It's just Johnny Five in a fucking... Insane. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. Yeah, so, I mean, like, so he, he flays off um, George right, Stephanopoulos' skin, this is the be- right? This is the beauty of the film. He's wearing his flayed skin. It looks ridiculous. But we as an, that's what we as an audience see. The characters in the film act as if it is George Stephanopoulos. It's, right, it's, that, it's like Quantum Leap, right? Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we see what's his name? What's his name? Scott Bakula, I think it is. We see Scott Bakula, but everyone else sees the person that Scott Bakula's, you know, leaped into, leapt into, leafed into. Yeah, yeah, that yeah Has yeah. become. Sorry, that kind of, I mean, like... I'll, I'll 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 say it later, but so uh, anyway, so he's got George Stephanopoulos' skin. So is it really just crudely kind of draped over him, or has he actually tried to climb inside? I think he's re- it's really crudely draped over him. I don't think that the tracks have any sort of George Stephanopoulos camouflage on there. All right, because uh, okay, fine. So I thought maybe um. It's not so much he gets it kind of in his skin, but they, they kidnap George Stephanopoulos and there's this kind of surgery. And you've got, what was his, um, what was his name? Something Fisher. Um, he was the engineer who made Johnny Five. He's got this kind of wild idea of this operation where he's going to take um, all of uh, uh, Johnny Five's main CPUs in his head and stuff. He's just going to kind of remove... Ram them the, into George Stephanopoulos's yeah, brain. Yeah, if you just jam it into... No, no, no. He, they could remove the head completely, right? Um, but they just kind of okay. jam it into the spine, right? So therefore, he can control the body of George Stephanopoulos, right? Okay, all right. No, so, I, I, pref- I prefer mine, but I, I, yeah, I like yours. So it's, it's kind of, it's not really, it's not done well. It's just kind of the head's jammed in. So it's always at an angle. Um, like it's obvious. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, like, they never changed the suit or anything like that, so it's always really bloody around the collar. And, there's and occasional... like, comp- uh, increasingly manky. Oh, yeah, 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 because there, there is no, there's no change. You just kind of see it kind of calcify and crust up through the course of the movie. Um, but, yeah, it remains the same. But, like, all motor control, right, uh, of the body is, is impeccable, right? It works. It works perfectly, and that's how Johnny it, Five is. It, it doesn't move kind of... anywhere without going... Right? He's got to constantly put WD-40 around his elbows. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, they haven't, like, replaced all of his no, stuff. No, I, I, I know, I know, but I, I don't know. I just think Johnny Five starts to... I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny. God. Oh. Fucking hell. It's such a fucking Derek Downer. Okay, so we're talking about the full-size Johnny Five. It's not one of those little ones that's just kind of rammed in the back of George Stephan Officer's head. I'm just kind of going through the options. Well, like a whole Johnny Five? Like a whole Johnny Five rammed into the back of his head? Like a tiny one? No, there's yeah, there's like one tiny one at the beginning of... um, I think at the beginning of the second movie. I thought maybe... Like a Happy Meals one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what we don't know about Johnny Five and all the little Johnny Fives is it's all one consciousness. Johnny Five babies. <laughs> it's all one consciousness. Okay, so Johnny Five can see everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the original Johnny Five just essentially just builds like a manufacturing line and just builds more of himself. Replicating himself, only only small. He got he, he's going for something that can be used kind of in a stealth capacity. In 1982, Johnny Five became self-aware. <laughs> Such a cheap joke, and yet, yeah, it's just it's very much like that. Like Johnny Five is going to want so much input one day, he's going to have to start crushing people down just to look at their DNA. <laughs> He's not doing anything with this information. He just likes information. It's his programming. It's what he's, he's he's kind of he's bound to do in the most literal sense. And that's when Bill and Ted have to bring the might of history's best warriors to fight him. <laughs> so it's like it's like Johnny Five versus Attila the Hun, Hun uh, fucking Robin Hood, and people <laughs> like that. All these great warriors in history, right, um, for, for their age. But as soon as they're kind of brought to this age, they're, like, horrifically outmatched. They are slaughtered yeah. almost has, like, instantly. Johnny laser guns and stuff. <laughs> but he doesn't kill them immediately. He dissects them first. It's like uh, like the end of Time Bandits, where they, they bring, like, different different soldiers from different eras. And I always thought, well, why not just go to space and bring, like, loads of fucking space stuff? And really fuck things up. And what did you say to those GIs in World War Two? You were like, I know you're fighting Hitler, but listen, at the end of time, at the end of time, in Kevin's bedroom, there's a showdown between evil and God, and we need you guys over there. And they were like, okay, we'll follow you into this black hole. <laughs> what, what, what if, uh, what, what if um, the next John Wick is about John Wick meeting an old friend, and it's it's Alex Winter? Oh no, I was, uh, I was, I was. My dick was getting hard thinking of Johnny Five. Sorry, that's the that's the call open there. <laughs> I'd like to. Oh, I was kind of hoping you were going to say that John Wick does uh, shows down with uh, with with Johnny Five. We find out that the the, the 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 menace that originally killed his dog was in fact that horrible horrible fucking robot. <laughs> he was just looking for input. He was just looking for something to cram inside of him. Yeah, because what we did like. Johnny Five. Johnny Five. Johnny Five is Wally. He's just cramming things into cubes. 
<laughs> he's built like this really remedial kind of mouth. Right. <laughs> yes. And this kind of it's, like faux digestion. It's just a digestive system. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not consuming information at all. He's just kind of like quasi eating it. He's just crushing things in this bizarre, like really cheap mandible that he's at. And like to it's, kind of to kind of um kind of create the illusion that he's human, he's got these like kind of really naff kind of rubber lips around the outside as a sort of facade. <laughs> He's made out of like a, you know a bicycle inner tube. <laughs> it's it's just a terrifying ritual of blood, of him crushing things in front of a fire and smearing blood on <laughs> what would be his cheeks. <laughs> his like eye, eyebrows flaunting threateningly. It's the same shot of every time that Johnny Five like catches something and consumes it really tightly close up of his face. You see this chomping and blood flying out. It's the same exact shot every time. Okay, before we go, um, how do we remember Rufus? Do we have a bust of him? How do we mem- remember George Carlin in, in Bill and Ted 3? Um... Maybe, how about if... Um, how about if Lawrence Fishburne uh, plays Rufus and we never mention George Carlin at all? There's something clearly wrong, and it's only at the end of the film you realise, like, oh, this is like Constantine, like they live in like some horrible dystopia and they're on drugs and they think this guy is Rufus, but he's not. Find it some kind of like limbo. They actually, what actually happened uh, all along was they got into this telephone box. It wasn't time travelling at all. It was just they just had this horrible like carbon monoxide leak, and they both suffocated. Within minutes, this is just like this is just like the, the the last synapses firing through their brains, kind of like cobbled together, creating some kind of twisted reality. Yeah, I think we're back to Bill and Ted are the same same person inside Christopher <laughs> Lloyd's body. <laughs> I thought it was it Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, why not? Yeah, oh, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Ernie Hudson's in it too, and he's he's fucking someone. I don't know. He's, he's like deaf. Nurse Ratchet he's, he's, or something. He's Nurse Ratchet's. He's Nurse Oh fucking hell, yeah, he's Nurse Ratchet, fine. <laughs> Shelley Shelley Duval is is one of the princesses. <laughs> fucking oh, fine. Fucking <laughs> fucking fine. And it's directed I really by, by Altman. It? And it's set in Malta in the fucking Popeye village. <laughs> well there we go. I think that's a fucking rap. Well, that's just about it for this episode of the George Rockle Schmidt Show. Next week, we're going to be talking about Top Gun 3. Uh, so uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about Katie Holmes, uh, Dawson's Creek, uh, oh, which no. now, now makes me think of the OC, because someone in the OC said Dawson's Crack. I must have seen one episode of the OC. Next week, we're going to be talking about the OC. Yes, okay. Teen dramas, I think. Top Gun 3. Daria. That's how that song goes, isn't it? How does the cheers song go, Damien? Cheers. Everybody knows your Ooh. name. Digga 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 ding. <laughs> exactly like that. I won't listen to anyone that says otherwise. <laughs> because you've been dealt a losing card. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Should we do I, it again? Do you I want to just say some more things down the microphone and I'll put them all at the end? <laughs> what is a boy to do? Murphy. Toss that salad, Niles. Oh, scrambled eggs all over my face. That dingo killed your babies. <laughs>
<laughs> in a misguided attempt to clone his father, Frasier unwittingly creates his new son. And the film is called My Seven-Year-Old Dad. I think we can uh, we can stop. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks very much. Bye. <laughs>